Hi, everybody, and welcome to the newest edition of the Friendly Confines. Alongside Chad Gordon, I'm Ryan Lieber, and, well, we saw Game 163, and unfortunately, not the way we wanted it to go down. Cubs fall in this one 3-1, to one, and now we'll play in the wild card game. Chad, I hate being in the prediction business, but apparently it seems like what I've been saying the last couple of days has unfortunately come true, and here we are now in the yeah. wild card game. How you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm mean, disappointed. It, it, this, uh, this was not what I was hoping. This not what I was expecting. I thought this team would uh, um, would fall through on what they did on Sunday. Um, you know, I, I keep looking back at, at at the nine innings, and and was it that the Brewers' pitching was so strong? And it was, um, but was it so strong that that's what kept the the bats quiet? But uh, I'm disappointed. I mean, I. Um, I'm just disappointed. I think a lot of fans are either angry or disappointed. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, I mean, that's easy to think. And let's start with that in the first inning as we were stopped by the crew. And I hate to say it because the Brewers, you know, we had the home field advantage or the Cubs had the home field advantage. And yet the Brewers are just a better team. I mean, I, I, I said that the other day and there's no shame in that. The Brewers are I think right now, presently constructed, the way the postseason is playing out, the best team in the National League. And they're my prediction to, uh, in my pick, to get to the World Series for the National League. This bullpen is unhittable. Uh, their hitting is very timely. Christian Yelich looks like nobody can get him out. Um, yeah. He's going to win the MVP. Uh, we talked about that. And I mean, they, they were the better team and they're the hottest team right now. And, and as we all know, and we said this the other day, it's not who necessarily the best team is all the time. It's who the hottest team is. And the Brewers are by far and away the hottest team. And they showed it today. They, uh, they really shut down the Cubs. I mean, three hits and we'll get to that in a second, but uh, you know, overall the Brewers just really showed who, who was the more superior team on the field on, uh, on Monday. Yeah, you know, and, and I think what you said there, Ryan, was that's the key word for me as well. Right now, the Brewers right now are a superior team. Both of these teams have won 95 games going into this game. And it's kind of funny. I said three episodes ago that uh, the Cubs are on track for 95. And unfortunately, that's exactly what they finished up with. The Cubs did into 95 wins the Cubs didn't you know mistake it their way and play a whole bunch of bad teams in competition to get to 95 wins this this is a a, a very impressive uh, a squad and lineup but right now the Brewers just seem unbeatable they came up big when it mattered uh and uh and they look strong. you're right uh Kristen Yelich is absolutely solidified the MVP is a regular season it is a regular season a and, and I felt like there, if you, if you look back at that Baez at bat when he had two guys on, I felt like he was trying to um, win the MVP with that earlier in the game. Um, but, you know, some positives that I can talk about is, is uh, um, it was a close game. It was a tight game. It wasn't a blowout. Cubs didn't get destroyed. It was very tight battle. If you like good baseball, there's not a lot of about in a 3-1 loss but the Brewers were the better team and uh, I had to turn the TV off I couldn't watch them celebrate at Wrigley Field you know the other thing too you said it was a close game and while the score may have said three to one I think we can both agree that the score was not indicative of how dominating the Brewers were today I mean they had 12 hits 
The Cubs had yeah. three. It seemed like yeah. no matter where you were looking, the Brewers had runners in scoring position. I think the Cubs basically, and correct me if I'm wrong, there was one, maybe it was at the sixth inning, where the Cubs had a man at second base, and that was basically it, aside from Rizzo's home run. There was nobody in scoring position. So I, I just feel like the Brewers really attacked, you know, the 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 field and attacked the Cubs pitching so much more, uh, even though they only, you know, scored three runs. I mean, to tell you the truth, I, I think it's uh, actually uh, nice to see the Cubs were able to hold them to three runs on 12 yeah. hits, uh, considering, you know, all things considering. But, uh, yeah, I mean, th- this Brewers team, I think, dominated the day. And, and I think that that uh, is, is just shows, like you said, they, they are right now the better baseball team. And uh, we're going to have to see how, you know, everything plays out uh, on Tuesday to see if the Cubs are going to get back and have a second chance to play the Brewers. And, and a great opportunity to move right into the second ending, um, which is really what is going on. Um, with the bats uh, we've talked before it's been a theme on this podcast before um, it's feast or famine with the bats today was a very famine day um, and you are right it, it the, the score could have been worse but still 3-1 the defense kept us in and the pitching at times kept us in the bullpen we're going to talk about that later on but what is going on in your mind with the bats Ryan is it uh, is it a situation where they're just tired and exhausted we know there's some injuries we know not everybody's 100% but at this point I, I did certainly expect a little more offense today I wish I had an answer Chad I mean this is a team that scored 10 runs on Sunday against the Cardinals so it's like one day they go out and they score 10 or eight. And then the next day they can muster up one. I mean, that's basically what we have seen. They scored eight and then one and then 10 and then one. That has been their last four games. That's, yeah. that's literally been what they've done or five games, whatever it is. And, and they just cannot figure out why they, I, I can't figure out for the life of me how, Sometimes the Cubs look like world beaters and they, they just score runs in bunches. And then other times they cannot figure out how to hit a baseball. And it is maddening to watch. It's absolutely maddening because you see how talented this team is, right? I mean, I was talking yeah. to a friend of mine, you know, earlier today who said if the Cubs are in their groove and are playing like the team that everyone expects them to usually play like, there's no reason they're not as they're not as good or better than the Red Sox lineup, right? We can agree on that. I mean, the Cubs have just as many talented hitters as the Boston Red Sox do, yet we're not seeing the impact that the Cubs have in certain games. And and listen, this doesn't just go back to 2018. You know this as well as I do. This is a 2015 problem. This is a 2016 problem. This is a 2017 problem. I mean, we were seeing games in the World Series where the Cubs wouldn't even score and they would get shut out and then they would win these really close games. And then they would come out and just bust out like they did in game six and game seven. So this is kind of just the pattern that we have seen in this ball club for the last four years. And, and I'm trying to understand what the issue is because it, like I said, Jed, you, you know, this, you go as far back as 2015 when they were in the NLCS against the Mets and, and they couldn't – it was like they forgot how to hit. And then the same thing in the World Series when they were against Cleveland. There were games where it was like, what's happening right now? And then there were other games, which you and I were at game six. It was like they, they just couldn't stop scoring. 
So I'm at a loss to figure out why on some days this team looks amazing and others, they just look pathetic. It, I, I can't figure it out. I, I wish I had a, a better answer to give, but I don't. What, is there anything that you can supply that you see or that you have seen over the past few seasons that can maybe give us some sort of answer? Or are you as lost as I am? You know, I, um, I look at each season as, as its own time capsule. And in fact, I even look at each month and I look at, you know, half seasons. And so I will just look at the team as it is currently constructed, constructed rather, and, and as it's performing right. And, you know, Schwarber has been struggling. Uh, uh, Hayward is coming back off of the, the DL. I, it, these are going to sound like excuses, but this is my, my take on it. Chris Bryant near. Um, Chris Bryant level right now. Wilson Contreras, despite a little bit of power on Sunday, he's been struggling. Um, Murphy and, and Zobris, you know, they, they were giving some quality of bats. Uh, I, I, you know, missing, uh, 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 which is what we're going to talk about in, in the next inning. Um, that's going to be more indicative of, of, of the answer to this question. But from a hitting perspective, um, I really honestly believe there's two things at, at, at work right here. One, this team at times looks very gap. See it when they're behind on their pitches. You see where they're they're just not able to catch up to some fastballs, and and the focus is not there. Um, and and you got to keep in mind. I mean, we did have that stretch of thirty straight games, and all we've been playing straight through this last week. I didn't have a Thursday off, um, and you know, gas. So I think that's a big piece of it. I think the injuries are another big piece of it. And uh, the beauty of this team is this. On those days where they look lost, that next day, they explode. And so they are averaging a lot of runs, and that's because when they do get uh, shut out, they come back the next day and score a whole bunch. So that's, uh, you know, that's my take. So let's talk about it from that perspective. Uh, forget the bats. Uh, just in, what do you think is missing? What is uh, the piece? I'm going to take the first crack at this, and I'll let you take the take the final. You know, I, I – on our, our, our Chicago Cubs in the confines Facebook page um, where, again, people are frustrated, they're, they're angry, um, and they're, like me, disappointed. But one of the more angrier comments that I saw was they office, you know. Milwaukee Brewers went out and got Hader. They went out and got Kane. They got went out and got Yelich. We got Chatwood and we got you Darvish. Now, did we expect for those two to um, struggle and not have any – Factor, but what the Cubs didn't do, Murphy was a nice pickup for a leadoff guy. But what we didn't do is we didn't go out and get any big time bat. The bats we've had since 2015, 16, that's we have now. So when I think about what's missing is, you know, the Cubs front office did not go after. They basically said we're standing pat and we're happy with the offense as it is. Yeah, I mean, and listen, it's it's not the pitching, right? We all keep saying, yeah. oh, they got to get an arm, they got to get an arm. The starting rotation has been. Nothing short of fantastic. Fantastic. And, you know, listen, we can talk about the bullpen all we want. We, we will later in the program. But, yeah, I mean, listen, it's obviously the offense. And to your point, you know, they got Murphy. They didn't really go out and get any other big-name, you know, hitters. They clearly stood pat on the Machado deal. Um, you know, maybe that's a – and I don't know how much of uh, impact Machado has really made on the Dodgers, to tell you the truth. I mean, you talk about Yasiel Puig and – Bellinger and all those guys, Muncie, you know, I don't, and Matt Kemp, 
like Machado I, and Justin Turner, like Machado to me is kind of an afterthought in some regards. So I'm not, I'm not going to kill them for not going after Machado. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, look, Chris Bryant is not Chris Bryant right now. We've, we've, mm-hmm. we've touched on that. You know, I think a healthy Chris Bryant changes the dynamic of this lineup. I think that, um, you know, if Addison Russell was hitting the way that he was hitting a couple of seasons ago, I think that would have been more helpful. I, you know, and obviously that hangs over the Cubs ha- head a little bit with his personal issues. And then, um, you know, Schwarber has still not been able to put it all together. You know, he hits a lot of home runs, but low average, doesn't drive in a lot of runs. That's obviously an issue. So, I, I mean, I think there are definitely a lot of questions that need to be asked next year as far as, what needs to change offensively? Because there are things missing. As much as this lineup is great, there are things that are certainly missing um, because they just cannot they're, – they're very inconsistent, extremely inconsistent, and they're not putting it together when they need to. And that's, that's, that's concerning to me. That's very and I And I think I'm just as, as guilty, and you know I am. Again, uh, we've talked about the optimism I share, but I, I think I'm as guilty as Jed and, and Theo in saying this is the team that's going to get us there. They got us there before. But I'm starting to shift at this point, and, uh, and uh, you've got some big bats that are out there in this it's uh, a Harper, whether it's Machado, you've got the opportunity to um, uh, dramatically improve the offensive performance. The pitching has been strong, but, you know, a bat sure would have been um, uh, a heck of a, of a, of a, uh, a, a, a really nice thing to have uh, today. So let's move on to the next inning and let's talk about what matters now. And let me just preface this because right now a lot of people are disappointed but this was the regular season. This wasn't a playoff. I know the implications. I under as a season ticket holder, trust me, I be there on Thursday and Friday at Wrigley. That's not going to happen. I'm very disappointed about that. But this is the regular season. The Cubs won 95 games. Now the focus is on the one game playoff. And let me just set the stage for a second. There's a really good chance that we could vanquish the Brewers. They could run out of gas. The Cubs could heat up time how are you looking at this uh this one game now it's the the now it is truly a playoff it's a one game do or die uh final game at at, uh, Wrigley Field before the real fun begins in the National League Division Series yeah I mean listen they're they're playing the Colorado Rockies a team that was extremely hot but got stopped um on Monday by the Dodgers Uh, five to nothing was the final and uh they are going to be coming to Chicago now on Tuesday for this, like you said, do or die contest. You look at here's here's the good news, and I feel confident. You got John Lester going for the Cubs, and I mean, when Lester, when the, if there's a big game on the line, Lester is always the guy that gets the ball. He knows what's what, what is at stake. Um, I, I said before, I said this yesterday. I feel like the Cubs are going to beat Colorado. I think they are going to win this game. I think that they will advance to the NLDS, and then I believe they will lose to the Milwaukee Brewers as they get their second shot against the Brew Crew now. Um, but I do believe that, you know what, like you said, the Cubs have always done a nice job of bouncing back when they haven't played very well. Um, this is a team that I think is going to come out, be extremely determined, have that crowd behind them. I think they're going to really uh, come out strong. And, and, the, and the Rockies don't have great pitching. Uh, they do not pitch spectacularly well, so especially on the road. So I think this is a great opportunity for the Cubs to vanquish Colorado and uh, and be able to hold down the fort. Um, 
and and I really believe that uh, now is the time for the Cubs to, uh, you know, at least celebrate something, and they're going to be able to have that opportunity, in my opinion, uh, come Tuesday against Colorado. How how, uh, how do you assess what we're it, going to see? Yeah, it, you're a Cubs no, take this moment and be disappointed at what could have been and what 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 didn't happen and, and feel it and own it. But wake up on Tuesday morning and and turn that optimism on because, you know, as you broke down a lot of things, I'm not going to repeat that, but but they're expecting to start Kyle Freeland. Kyle Freeland is going to be starting three days rest and we're going to be throwing talk about Lester in the next inning. But he, you know. It, it, I don't care who you are. There's not a great history of not superstar pitchers that do really well coming in um, three days rest. It's asking a, a lot, hot hand. He is nine and one with the sub 2.5 ERA since the all-star break. So that is solid, but you know, he, and, and, and keep in mind, some of those starts have been in Colorado's, uh, but you know, this is a team that has the ability. They got, they got pushed down just as much as the Cubs did. Um, but this is a team that uh, whether it's Trevor story, whether it's Charlie Blackman, they have some soft opportunities to score a lot of runs and, uh, and do it in a big way. Chrissy and edit catcher. Um, this is uh, this is going to be a battle, but I still feel like the home team, has the advantage here and uh again now it's a night game now it's a a little more rested game uh, with with uh with the cubs and they have an opportunity to uh you know, i guess what i appreciate is win a game and finally crack open those beers tomorrow night or tuesday night rather when you listen to this and uh and celebrate and uh, and then move right back into a game on a day's rest with Milwaukee. So, you know, this is a, this is an opportunity that the Cubs have to erase the concerns. Um, but my goodness, if they don't get past tomorrow, then uh, there is going to be, um, there is going to be hell to pay with the front office. There's going to be hell to pay with Joe. Um, and there's going to be a lot of disappointment going right through to the off season. And t- so we well, got to win this game. A hundred percent And the big uh, part of why the Cubs have been so successful one of Theo and Jed's biggest moves when they first came here was signing John Lester to a $155 million seven-year contract, and he will be getting the ball on Tuesday night. And as we kind of uh, alluded to earlier in the inning, as we move on to the fifth inning here, John Lester is such a big-time pitcher, and he is a guy who has been in multiple situations where it is the time to shine or you are out. And it, it seems like if there is one pitcher you want on the hill – uh, in today's game yeah. that always comes to play. It's not Clayton Kershaw. Maybe it's Max Scherzer, but I'll tell you what it's for me. It's John Lester. I mean, I am just so happy that we just happen to have him on his regular days rest and he is going to start the playoff game. It just worked out too perfect for that to be the case. Um, and I'm excited to see Lester, you know, take the ball. And I think the key with Lester is, for him to continue to be efficient and making sure that if he can go six or seven innings, um, that's a great sign because usually when Lester's going at least six or seven innings, it's because he's pitching uh, tremendous baseball and at least, you know, giving up one to almost no runs. So um, this is key. This is the biggest game of the year, obviously. And uh, I'm happy that out of anybody, uh, Lester is getting the ball because um, overall, his numbers are, you know, the best on the Cubs staff. And um, 
look, he's got the most experience when it comes to situations like this. So um, it makes me feel confident going into this game. What about you? Yeah, you know, you hit it on the head. We've talked about it before, even when Lester struggled a little bit coming out of the All-Star break. I mean, this is a guy that that, that was almost a 20-win uh, pitcher, uh, and now it's the postseason. It doesn't matter how many wins you have. It's about how you show up in each individual game. And you are right. The reason hoisted um, the World Series trophy and, and raised the, the World Series banner um, in large part is because big-time, big-game John Lester is, is uh, on this lineup. So if you want to feel – um, down uh, on uh, a- after this game against the Brewers, you should feel very wild card game against the Rockies, if only because you've got a, a guy on normal rest that is a big team, a big time pitcher, big game pitcher, and he's had um, the big moments. He never has faltered. He's never um, uh, he's never shied away from it. And I think there's just a, a tremendous opportunity for him to solidify as if it isn't already solidified, but an opportunity here because this game is the biggest game of the season period right now. Tuesday, Thursday, if, if the Cubs Tuesday, it won't, it won't be the biggest game of the season on Thursday, but, to, but, but Tuesday's game of the wild card matters um, exponentially. They have to get through that. That's the no dust statement of this podcast. Let's move on to the sixth inning. And I think, as we can go in a little bit deeper, um, what scares you about this uh, this Rocky team? They looked as good, really, in terms of not looking good at all. But what's your concern um, with uh, the Rockies coming to town? Well, everything starts, as, as far as I'm concerned, with Nolan Arenado. I mean, he is by far and away, if not one of the most dangerous hitters in all of baseball. I mean, that guy, for the last, like, three or four years, has been the league leader in home runs, RBIs, batting average. Every year it seems like this guy is hitting over 300, has over 30 home runs, has over 100 RBIs. He is just, his level of consistency is amazing. Um, it's, it's amazing to me that he hasn't even won an MVP award yet because the guy's numbers are just unbelievable. I mean, you can make the argument, oh, well, it's because he plays in Colorado and, you know, the old Dante Bichette curse of, uh, you know, all the numbers he put up while he was there, or Larry Walker. But I'll tell you what, I mean, this guy's for real. He can hit. And between him and Trevor Story, as you pointed out to uh, before, and Charlie Blackman, um, this is a dangerous team offensively. I mean, they score a lot of runs. And uh, the Rockies, kind of the, the story with Colorado every year is, look, they can score a lot, but the pitching has always been kind of shaky. Um, it's a little bit like that again this year. Uh, you know, I still think that the Cubs are obviously, you know, advantage for them, for the pitching staff. Um, the Rockies bullpen is not like the Brewers bullpen. So I think you can get to them. Good old Wade Davis is their closer now. Although even though Wade Davis led the national league in saves, he had a very, he had a very bad year. I mean, he had an ERA in the fours, uh, did not have a winning record this year as a reliever, um, was involved in a lot of losses. So, you know, it, it, it definitely was a down year for Wade Davis, considering uh, everything that he did for the Cubs last year. So th- this is still a team that the Cubs cannot take for granted by any stretch. Offensively, this team is going to be extremely dangerous. But again, I, I think as long as Lester is able to get out ahead of these guys, pitch the way that he usually does with efficiency, keeps, you know, his pitch count down and doesn't kind of, stagnant in those innings like he did in his last start 
um, I, I feel pretty good that the Cubs can control the, the, the Rockies offense and see, uh, you know, maybe not necessarily what we saw today, but come pretty close to the point where, you know, the, the, the Cubs can uh, hold down that offense and, and do a good job of it. What about, what about yourself? I don't know if this matters. I really don't know if it matters uh, um, it, because it probably, you know, it's just the playoffs now because so they don't think about it. But DJ LeMahieu has always played with a bit of a chip on his shoulder whenever he plays the Cubs because we let that guy get away. Will Wade Davis try to exclamation point and, and say, you should have kept me, guys. You wouldn't be in this trouble with Morrow. You wouldn't be in this trouble with, with Pedro. Will he play a little bit harder? And let's be honest, Nolan Arenado, I mean, how, how much – does he want to have the, the, the praise and accolades and the hardware that Chris Bryan has? So the, those are some guys that I think are going to be playing um, out of their shoes. Uh, you know, the thing me about the – and I don't have the splits here to say these are home or away, so I apologize. But Charlie Blackman, 29 home run, six. Nolan Arenado, 37. Those are big-time, powerful guys. Lester, if he can keep the ball down, keep the ball in the park – it's going to be interesting because the weather is coming into Chicago. It's coming to Chicago on Monday night. What will be the flag situation uh, come, uh, you know, the first pitch on uh, on Tuesday night? Because if the wind's blowing in, I, you know, I don't, I feel like that might be a bit of a toss up because the Cubs, you know, could have had a home run with Hayward uh, on Monday. Could have potentially, if the, the 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 wind was blowing out, could have had a home run with Rizzo there at the end. Um, I don't know who I get the edge to when it comes to if, if, the, if the wind's blowing out, but I know that, that Colorado has a heck of a, a strong lineup. I think it's going to come down to pitching. I It's been a long time since we have had somebody of this stature on this program. It is my honor and my pleasure to introduce on the seventh inning stretch of the Friendly Confines. It is the godfather of sports radio in the city of Chicago, Chet Kopic. Chet, I've been waiting a long time to say this to you. Your dime, your dance floor. Welcome to the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan. It is an honor to have you on with us. Well, you're really much too generous, but it's a pleasure for me to What's new? Everything is great. You can find Chet at Chet Kopic on Twitter. He also has a book that's out, Otis Wilson, If These Walls Could Talk. Uh, Chet, where can you get the book? Where can uh, fans of the Bears and Chicago sports and yourself get this book? Well, actually, Ryan, uh, the book on Otis Wilson is available through, uh, through Triumph Books, but I have a brand new book out, if you'll allow me to uh, Absolutely. Uh, do a little personal pub. I wrote a book... Uh, about a year and a half ago, I began called uh, uh, Your Dime, My Dance Floor, Chet Topic and Pursuit of Chet Topic. And what I really wanted to do was I wanted to uh, clear the air about some misconceptions about about my career. But I also decided to uh, write a book where I would admit, you know, my, my failures, my frailties, mistakes I've made along the way. And God knows I've made, you know, no more than 10 million of them. But it's, it's wound up being a book that... Uh, Contains a great deal of passion, uh, a big dose of pathos. I mean, it's it's the kind of book where you're, you're going to read and go, I, I didn't know he was like that. I think, you know, most people over the years have seen me as, you know, a, a loud mouth, a, a braggadocio. And I, I don't dispute that for one moment. But in this particular book, uh, admit that certain things I did that I uh, 
you know, wanted to blame on other people were, in fact, uh, my mistakes, along with a lot of great stories about, you know, spending time with athletes locally and, uh, and nationally. It's a book that really, I believe, and I'm not trying to uh, overhype, although I have never been uh, reluctant to overhype. I think it's a book that any, any sports fan is going to love. And it's available through uh, Eckhart's Press. That's E-C-K-H-A-R-T-Z Press. And Ryan, I'll be happy to mail a, a copy down to you. I would love that, Chad. Thank you so much for that. That is awesome. And uh, we are talking with the, uh, the one and only Chet Kopic from at Chet Kopic on Twitter. Of course, a longtime sportscaster on NBC in Chicago on back in the day Sports Vision. Of course, now you can you know, see him making multiple appearances on Fox in Chicago, always a presence in the Chicago sports scene. But Chet, let's talk a little bit about the Cubs right now and kind of what they're dealing with. They lost to the Brewers on Monday for the division title. Now they play in that one game wild card against the Colorado Rockies today. Um, how do you see this Cubs season kind of playing out in your eyes? I mean, it seemed like all was smooth sailing. And I hate to use the word collapse when you're seeing a team win 95 games, but how else do you explain kind of what we have seen from the Cubs over the past month and now heading into this wild card game? Well, they played reasonably good ball in September. They were, uh, I believe, four or five games over 500. There's, there, there is no doubt that the 30 games in 30 days took something out of this scene. But, you know, it was kind of surrealistic, Ryan, being in the ballpark yesterday. Uh, Brewers fans uh, did a 180 instead of uh, – Cubs fans filling up Miller Park. There was a sizable, I mean, sizable contingent of Brewers fans at the, the confines. And they made themselves known. I mean, they were, they were chanting, go Brewers, go Brewers uh, uh, throughout the ball game. It, it was something I, th- this is really going to date me. It's, it's something I remember when I was very, very young. This goes back to the late 1950s when the Brewers had or excuse me, the old Milwaukee Braves had Henry Aaron, Eddie Matthews, Warren Spahn, Lou Burdett, uh, just a, a plethora of great ball players. Uh, whenever the Braves would play at Wrigley Field, a ton of Milwaukee fans would come down, and they would almost take over the ballpark. Now, I'm not suggesting the ball yesterday, but uh, metaphorically, I thought yesterday was kind of a kind of a symbol of where this ball club has been for the past month or so. Number one. No consistency on offense. Bad at bats. They only get one run on the uh, the blast by uh, by Rizzo. Uh, the bullpen is still very very suspect. Uh, it's a team that could easily lose to uh, Colorado tonight. Conversely, um, get a couple of good at bats, get an early lead, uh, flip the ball from uh, Lester around the fifth or sixth inning over to uh, over to Hendricks, and and see what you can do. But the club does miss. Pedro Strope, and it just, there, there's some ingredient, there is some intangible, Ryan, that's missing with this club, and it's, it's not the first time I've seen it. You really can't define it, but uh, let's just say, for want of a better phraseology, I don't think this club has great killer instinct. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think you hit it on the head, and I think that uh, we're, we're talking with Chet Kopic, and of course, you can find Chet at Chet Kopic on Twitter. ChetKopic.com is also his website. You can find a lot of information there about his new book and everything else that has uh, been going on with his career and what he's up to now. And uh, to your point, Chet, I mean, the offense has looked a little lifeless. What do you kind of attribute that to? There are some days I see this team, they're scoring 10 runs a game, 
And then, like there was yesterday, three hits, one run. How much of this do you put on Madden? I know that may sound sacrilege, but how much of that do you think could be on Madden for the way this team is hitting a little bit in the lineup, the way that it looks? Well, the only thing I'll suggest about Joe Madden is this. I'm a big, I'm a big Madden guy. I was a big Madden guy when he was uh, in Tampa and years ago when he was uh, working with the Angels. But I think, you know, Joe's Joe's energy, Joe's themed road trips. I think, I think with this collection of ball players, Joe might be getting a little bit old. And here's the thing: Madden doesn't swing the bat. And you know, Ryan, let's bring this to the table. Uh, Chris Bryant obviously is not Chris Bryant right now. He's playing hurt. I think he's going to have to have labrum surgery at the end of the year. Uh, that has hurt the ball club significantly. Um, you know, Addison Russell being gone doesn't help. Uh, it's it's really more of an, a, an annoyance, a nuisance, uh, an elephant in the room, if you will. But as for the bullpen, the inconsistencies, I, I really can't explain them. Uh, as for the offense, I, I would imagine there, there has to be a scapegoat. There always is in any form of uh, major sports. I, I would think Chili Davis will probably get uh, probably get whacked at the end of the year, but uh, you know let, let's see what happens tonight. If this if this club does lose tonight, th- there, there's going to be a major hangover in this town. You know this joyride has gone on for for so long, but if you know you win uh, you you win 95 games and then bang in 48 hours uh, you're gone. It, it's going to have an effect, and I'm going to be curious to see knowing how. Uh, Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer like to operate. They're they're not going to sit still. They 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 will do, they will do things that I think will be dramatic. Although I don't believe that has anything to do with uh, the job status of uh, Joe Madden. We're talking with Chet Kopic, the Godfather of Sports Radio in Chicago. Uh, he is kind enough to join us here for a few minutes on the seventh inning stretch of the friendly confines. So Chet, um, handicap it for me. In your opinion, do the Cubs win? Uh, against Colorado, do you see them advancing to Milwaukee, or do you think that the season uh, is going to end tonight? What, what's your what's your uh, your thoughts on what you think goes down uh, this evening at Wrigley? Uh, I'm I'm going to bet the winner. I'm going to bet the the guy who over the past four years has been uh, prolific, almost dick like here in Chicago. I think the I think the Cubs will win tonight. You got Lester on the mound; he's been uh, nothing short of superb seven or eight outings. So I, I do like the Cubs tonight, but I'm not going to be surprised a bit if Colorado wins. It's it's one game. It's a winner-take-all. And I, I, I do want to eliminate this one component. Colorado had to travel after yesterday's game in Chicago. Now, people are going to say they're tired. Ryan, that's a, that's a theory which really holds, uh, in my opinion, no water. And let me, let me date myself again on this. Way back in 1970-71, when I was 21 years old, I produced the Milwaukee Bucks radio network. The Bucks that year with uh, a young Lou Alcindor, Kareem, and Oscar Robertson won the NBA title. Now, at that time, NBA teams were all flying commercial, and they used to play three games in three nights. So, for example, we could have a, we could have a game in Milwaukee on a Tuesday, Portland on a Wednesday, and Phoenix on a Friday. So, I mean, all guys did was sleep, fly. And, uh, and play, but I, I never recall one game where I felt that travel affected these guys. These guys are prolific athletes. For example, Anthony Rizzo, 
This is really not known by a great deal of people, but Anthony Rizzo is a member of the East Bank Club here in Chicago, where I happen to be a member. And on most mornings, when the Cubs are at home, at 9.30, you will see him at the East Bank Club working out. And he's not trying to, uh, he's not trying to build strength. He's not trying to build, uh, you know, 24-inch biceps. He's, he's doing it to um, uh, care, to protect the uh, resiliency of his body. I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony is sitting at the, uh, at the East Bank Club right now. now. Now, part of me says, that's crazy. You know, you're playing 162 games. You're in the playoffs. Give your body a rest. But that's, that, that is the nature of Anthony Rizzo. If, if, if the Cubs do win tonight, I'll give you your hero right now. It's, it's just justified. It's just too poetic. It'll be Javi Baez. And Javi, of course, having such a spectacular year, unfortunately only outdone by the year that Christian Yelich has had. It's just unbelievable to see uh, what that guy has done on, on the field this year as well. Chet Kopic, the godfather of sports radio, of course. Uh, you can find him at Chet Kopic on Twitter. Kind enough to give us a few minutes here on the friendly confines here in the seventh inning. Time for the eighth inning now, and we talked a little bit more about the bullpen and the Cubs. Obviously, this has been one of the weaker spots on the team, uh, if not the weakest spot. Losing Brandon Morrow for the year, losing Pedro Strope certainly has taxed the bullpen to where Joe Madden is kind of just piecing together as much as he can to try and, you know, keep this Cubs club alive <laughs> any way that they can yeah um, and listen I mean you know you mentioned the offense for the Rockies I mean th- this is a team you know we saw on Monday when Arenado hit a home run Trevor Story hit a home run uh, they accounted for the two runs that the Rockies had in their 5-2 loss against the Dodgers so I mean this is a team that you know they're able to hit anytime anywhere uh, and and again, it's just a matter of how taxed is this bullpen at this yeah. point, Chad, to where Joe has really been pushing them pretty hard, and he's just trying to find anyone that can come up with any way to not have to like get themselves in situations that are going to be high pitch counts, you know, put men on the base, and for them to just have some easy one, two, three innings, and that has just not been the case. With this bullpen, the last couple of months of the season, um, how concerned are you moving forward? Even now with this wild card game, let's say they move forward after this wild card game. I mean, you got to be concerned with this bullpen and how we're going to find somebody that can consistently get players out. I I completely agree, and yeah, big concerns. And and how can you not have concerns? This is an area where I push back on the angry Cubs fan who who, who is uh, blaming the bullpen, blaming. Um, Madden's use of the bullpen. You take Moro out of the equation. You take take Pedro out of the equation. That I mean, you're almost starting every single game um, in the bullpen situation. It's like putting somebody on second base. That you're you're giving yourself such a tremendous disadvantage. But what I'm going to say, and it's not going to be a popular uh, uh, a comment, but game 163, the bullpen didn't lose that game for us. The bullpen did not struggle. The Brewers got the hits they needed to get. They generated the runs they needed to do. Some big-time players that are playing out of their mind um, were very strong. For the Rockies, do they have anything left after playing eight straight games? 
you know, you know, actually more than eight straight games all the way through last Friday. Um, it's going to be a challenge. And do they obviously um, have anything left going forward? We'll get to that when it uh, when it when it comes to that. But right now we're looking at a, a potential with win Tuesday, have the one day off, and then the easy bus ride up to Milwaukee. My main concerns is, we, you know, they did go to the bullpen early. And they felt like they had to. Quintana pitched a gym, let's be honest, but he was getting hit hard. So let's be really honest about that. But the uh, you know Braun with the double play, the um, some of the other uh, outstanding offensive you know or uh, defensive uh, uh, adjustments that the, the Cubs made, um, I would just say the key tomorrow, the goal tomorrow, what the, everybody needs to, to to wish for tomorrow. It's not the bullpen. It's not the concern of the bullpen. It's John Lester doing what he can do to eat up as many innings and go as deep as he can and pitch as much as he can. I think that you're going to see Joe. Um, have a very long leash for for for, uh, for John Lester. The team, the bullpen, I think, has done otherworldly job, um, especially down this stretch. The Cubs, I need to remind the fans, the Cubs have the fifth most wins in the last 30 days. They did not falter down the stretch. The Brewers have just played out of their heads, and the bullpen was a huge part of that. that that's 100% true. Now, a couple of things on this. One, um, I did feel like Madden went a little early to the pen on Monday. I, I felt like I was a little surprised that he took Quintana out when he did, considering Quintana, I believe, had only given up what was how many? I mean, was it one hit? Am I am I right in that saying that or no? Uh, but I felt like he took Quintana out a little early, and I thought that he could have pitched a little longer and you know through the fifth inning, gotten more out of him. Now the next part is. You said that Lester's going to have a long leash. I I don't think, and, and correct me if you think you disagree here. I don't think Lester's going longer than seven. I think after seven, Lester's out. I I would love to say that Lester's going at least eight, and maybe even if he's pitching out of his, you know his gourd nine. But you know that's usually around when Lester is going to be taken out of the game. And I know in today's game going seven innings is like a complete game in today's baseball um and so i i, I don't know do, do you does that sound right to you or do you think it could even be longer than that i think um i think he's going to go as long as it's possible i think he i mean that's this uh, again no dust statement right there but i think that joe is going to look for john to um get through trouble when he can he's he he knows that there isn't anybody um, you know, waiting in the wings to come in and shut down the team. We don't have the bullpen that the Milwaukee Brewers have, so that just wasn't a possibility. I, you know, seven is 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 a must-have. Eight is a possibility. You know, here's the thing: have have they been keeping their foot a little bit off the gas? Does John have something pretty special um, on on the full day's rest? Can he come in and can he stymie this this uh, this Rockies offense? That's what we're going to see. The bullpen is going to have to do exactly what the bullpen can do today. Again, losing three to one, it wasn't on the bullpen. It was definitely on the offense. Yeah, a hundred percent true. All right, we move on to the ninth inning now. And it is time for our wild card predictions. I feel like I kind of uh, gave mine away earlier in the program. But I think we both kind of know where we're going here. I think everybody who's listening knows exactly what we're thinking. But let's put it on the record for for official, uh, you know, taking. Uh, I am going to say the Cubs are going to win 
this wild card game. Uh, I said I said that this was going to be a low scoring game on Monday between the Brewers and the Cubs, and uh, that it did turn out to be the case. I think this one's going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game. Now I say higher scoring. I think we will see a uh, probably a, a six to three or four win by the Cubs. That that sounds good to me. I think Lester will pitch well. I think the pen will give up a couple of runs. Um, and I say six to four will be the final. The Cubs will win and they will get to celebrate in Wrigley for the wild card win and uh, move on. I don't believe the Cubs have ever won the wild card at home. Am I right in that in saying that, Chad? Is that you know, so here's the thing, and I appreciate you a, a great deal. You're throwing things out here. We don't have our producer today. We're doing daily programs. To go back to what you said earlier, Quintana, he gave up six hits, one run, one earned run. He struck out four. Is this the only time that we've won a wild card game at home? Well, really they, let's, let's put it this way: they, they, they did not. Uh, the wild card, the one game playoff, came into existence uh, several years ago. They won the one game playoff against Pittsburgh, and so that was on the road. They didn't play in the wild card in 2017 or 2016. So I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with no. And if I'm wrong, I will make the uh, correction, like uh, they do on part of the interruption. I will throw well, myself and, and, and show my errors. But I'm going to go out and I'm pretty sure I'm correct I, in saying this. I think you're right, actually. Um, and the only wild card game I can think of that the Cubs did win was in Pittsburgh. And can I just, before I do my prediction, can I remind the Cubs fans of, of what incredible swagger that this team used to have? And, and we still have the swagger, too. But do you remember when uh, somebody with the Pittsburgh Pirates said, be prepared comes when you come in town, we're all going to be wearing black and you guys are, and Jake Arietta sent a text or a tweet rather that said something to the effect of, just so you know, it won't matter. So my prediction to, uh, for the wild card game under the lights Tuesday night at Wrigley Field is a Cubs dominating performance. The Cubs are going to do exactly what they need to do get out early, score runs often, score in bunches, impose their will, and set up an opportunity to vanquish the Brewers later on in the week. But I believe we're looking at something around 8-2, to 8-3, to three, and it's not even going to be that close. John Lester's going to pitch a gym, and uh, we might even have a, a C.J. Edwards sighting as well and, and get him on track too. But that's what I think is going to happen, and I'm, I'm excited to, to, to know that the playoffs are now starting. So don't be down. Nothing happened on Monday except for we – did not win the Central Division title, and the Brewers, who are right now the hottest team in baseball, did. The real journey begins Tuesday night at Wrigley Field. I do want to just mention that our crack staff was able to come up with the statistic of the wild card play-in games that started in 2012. The Cubs have only played in one. That was in 2015 in Pittsburgh. So the Cubs have never had the opportunity to clinch a wild card game at home. So they so I was right. Opportunity I was right. Tuesday, you I was right. Yes. I was right. Good. Well, well done <laughs> by you. And uh, I don't have to apologize for making another mistake, which I have done plenty of times on this program. So with that being said, we will see how it all plays out. And of course, I hope that uh, for everyone's sake, I uh, my prediction streak will continue. And we will be talking about the Cubs in the NLDS against the Brewers. All right, that is going to wrap things up on this edition of the Friendly Confines. As always, 
my thanks to my sidekick here and my partner in crime, Chad Gordon. Could not do it without him and everything that he does. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Go Cubs. We'll see how it plays out. Cubs and Rockies on Tuesday in the wildcard game. We'll talk to you next time. See you at the ballpark, everybody, and go Cubs. Time you walk into Wrigley.